0: Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward to find out more. $12 a year? that won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do, so they can help us all work for it. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's Brian House here for the Work For It podcast. This show and all future shows are sponsored by the beautiful people over at Patreon. Uh, like Dennis says in the beginning of the show, you can support us for as little as $10.80 a year if you pay all up front. You get 52 after shows, and it helps uh, send us off to do fun things, like it paid for us to be at Blade Show this year. Uh, we rented a house, and a, a bunch of patrons stayed with us in that house. And, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing. So if if you uh, so feel compelled to uh, donate to our cause of talking about business in the workshop, uh, take a look at patreon.com forward slash work for it. And also look at one of our sponsors, Lawrence Lake, a Canadian, a man who had a dream, somebody who rose up out of nothing, out of the muck of the swamps of Canada. And he said, I want to become the maker, knife maker, supplier to the stars. And he created MaritimeKnifeSupply.com where he carries the best of everything that you could possibly want to make a knife. So go check out MaritimeKnifeSupply.com from tooling to abrasives to steels. He's got it all, and he ships every single day to can- from Canada to the United States. You can take ex- uh, you can <laughs> take advantage of the exchange rate between Canada and the United States, and get yourself a good deal. And if you're interested in taking a look at uh, Coy Baker as a man, okay, he's the guy that started BakerForge.com and the mastermind behind all of these beautiful pieces of steel that are very affordable so if you want to take your knife making game to the next level you want that special piece of steel and you don't want to spend five days making it because what's your time worth what's that steel worth what's the propane running into your your forge worth check out bakerforge.com on all of their social media tiktok facebook instagram and youtube and you'll see very quickly that these guys are masters at their craft and they have some awesome, amazing pieces of steel that will that you could transform into a piece that you could easily sell for 10 times what you have invested in it. So, And I know this because I know many people who have done it. So tech, check out BakerForge.com and get yourself in that piece of steel. So wait, before you kick off uh, the music, Brian... I want to talk just very briefly about my mindset for today's show. Okay, what's going on? The mindset for today's show is going to be to kick everyone in the fucking ass and get them up and working, because it is truly the most important thing that you can do right now. Hit it, Brian. Let's fucking do it. Yeah! It's work for it. I'm feeling good today. Better than I have for a while. <laughs> we're recovering after Blade Show and we're uh, we're just playing catch up in the workshop and we're working on some new projects. And I'm fired up because I now have a master plan. A master plan. It's been written down. The spreadsheets are created. The the groundwork is being laid.
1: So what the hell are you talking about, man? This this sounds like some cryptic shit.
0: Well, I can't talk about all of it. But oh, what I can not. say, what I can say is very soon everyone in the maker community will know me as the guy, the man, the person who changed making forever.
1: All right. All right. All right. Now is does this have to do with what I saw down in Florida or is something totally different?
0: Somewhat. This is uh this is the, what we are formulating here at house is, is going to assist others in their process of becoming successful makers. You know, that that's been my goal, right. For creating this, this podcast, right. even, you know, work for it. That's where the name came from. and, I have, you know, I have a lot of philosophies, right? Uh, I have a lot of concepts that I share right here on Work For It, and everybody is being brought along for the ride, but it's never been fully organized. And what we're doing is we are organizing all of that and becoming, we're going to become a centralized hub for all of that data. So that's- All right. That's kind of the, the weak version of really what we're doing, and I'll talk about it more in the future once I have some branding and some things that I can release, but imagine work for it on on steroids, you know, and being able to educate people how to be profitable in making and so that's that's really what we're working towards now is this
1: going to be like a web like seminar or a master class type thing or yeah I mean, can it, we can we yeah, talk about? Of. Kind of what the general idea, the synopsis of this new master plan is.
0: Yeah, it's called Housemade University or okay. HMU. Right? Hit me up. Right? HMU. Okay. And what we're doing is it's it's there's it's really just free education. You, there's going to be a buy-in option for certain ends of it, but the the buy-in option part of it is just is not the main focus of this. The main focus of this is because you know, as you know a lot of guys have trouble formulating like coming up with a plan to get themselves freed up from whatever hell it is that they're working on every single day. And so uh, and I and I've I had a chance at Blade Show to talk to uh, some people who are friends of mine that I considered friends who are seemingly successful people and they don't have this plan or they maybe have a plan or a loose plan to do it but they don't really know they don't have the like the groundwork laid in place we are putting that groundwork laid in place in great detail for people breakdowns of spreadsheets and budgets and understanding how to take uh you know invest a little bit of money in the proper tooling and the proper uh uh, the materials and things that you need to actually convert right so it's one thing to educate somebody on how to do it, like how to make something. It's another thing on how to educate them on how to sell it, where to sell it, what do your margins look like, how long is it going to take, how much volume you have to do, and right. we are breaking all of that down in this in this series. And it's and it's I'm not becoming a guru or any bullshit like that. I don't. I'm not selling like a a seminar. I'm not selling a a, a like a thing where these guys like. See what uh, I was gonna see. do, I was gonna start calling you Brian Vaynerchuk. Right. <laughs> essentially that's what it is. I'm gonna become the Gary V of the maker community because there are there is not enough of this going around. There's there's a whole lot of guys with a lot of dreams and some loosely based goals. But what we are going to do is essentially hand you the keys to the kingdom and say, look, you follow this, and by the way, we have people in our sphere who have followed my, my concepts and have become successful at yeah. this. So we have examples of people who are doing it. And some of those people are joining us and becoming like guest contributors to Housemade university. So it's a really interesting kind of formulation that kind of came out of a few meetings that we had here to talk about generating the next, um, bringing up the next generation of makers like guys like Dexter who want to make something of themselves they want to build something with their lives they're young they're 17 18 years old where what are they going to do they're going to sit in a cubicle for the rest of their lives are they going to be uh, you know working for someone else and stocking shelves or whatever that might be granted we still need all of that but that's not the people I'm talking to right now the people I'm talking to are the ones who are stuck who feel like they need to break out and we're going to hand you the hammer and we're going to show you how to use it. And that's basically what it is. So I'm excited about it. It's it's probably going to take a few months to like get it really rolling. Um, but uh, we're, we're working on that. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited about it. I can't, I can't tell you, it's just, it, it's breathing new life. Cause you know me, I like to educate. Right, I don't have a ton sure. of pa- passion for, like starting a a physical school or a college or anything like that, but because I feel like people just don't do that anymore or they do, but they, they don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like if I can build an online database where people can pull from and follow these specific steps and organize it in a way that makes it easy to follow uh, and essentially charge very little for it, if anything, then I think that we're going to make a stronger, community around making and that is better for all of us the world included society included it it goes all the way back to something that I'm I'm listening to a book right now by Malcolm Gladwell and it's called I Hate the Ivy League and mm. he's talking about education um, from the standpoint of uh, like ivy league you know schools right, stanford right. MIT these big places right that have all this money and he talks about how He got super pissed off at, um, who's the guy that runs Nike, Knight, um, Um, Phil, Paul Knight? I couldn't tell you. I'm sorry. Anyway, he's a multi-billionaire 10 times over. He gave money to Stanford, like $400 million, numerous times, right? And Malcolm got so upset about this because he's like, look, there's all these other schools that need this money. Stanford you, doesn't
1: need that shit.
0: Stanford has a coffer of 30-some billion dollars, right? Why why right. are you giving them more money? Right. And he uses this as a breakdown to write this book. And I'll give you the, the cliff notes. The cliff notes is think of society like a game, like a soccer game, basketball game, or whatever. If you put Michael Jordan on a basketball court, he can take the ball from the back court, run it all the way down, and score a point. Right, you agree, right? Yeah, I agree. He's he can do it, and yeah. and he's known for that, and that's a that's the possibility in basketball. But you couldn't say the same for say a soccer game, right? There's all these things that need to take place before the goal. All we see is the goal. The highlight reel is the guy running up, you know, midfield, and man, he's making it. He bang, he kicks it in, and score. It's a big goal. Sure, sure. what you don't see is the seven or eight passes that happened before that person got the ball. That is what's known as the, 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 the weakest link theory, meaning you're only as good in soccer as your lowest player.
1: Okay. Okay?
0: Right. And the reason why, the, and I'm going to tie this into the Industrial Revolution, the reason why, and did you know this, that Britain, the U.K., was the source of the first industrial revolution and the reason why is because they had craftsmen who were working the in in the UK in England specifically they had all of these people who were working in their garages and they were taking new technology and they were making things in their garages and they were you know working through problems inventing that things.
1: doesn't that doesn't sound familiar at all to me never never heard of the concept
0: <laughs> you see where I'm going with this
1: yes of course
0: so we are now in a fourth industrial revolution where we have moved all of our manufacturing to other places we had brought those countries up if you think about what we've done in um, in Asia it's a beautiful thing. We sure. have risen up a third world country, to first-world status because we bought things from them that they were making. We moved our manufacturing and everything that we had learned in the second industrial revolution in America, and we gave them the keys. And we said, here, do this now for us. Because we don't want to make it anymore.
1: Now what you're planning on doing is giving those keys back to the people in their garages. That's right. There it is. That's right. I, I see the whole tapestry
0: coming together. If you look at history, it will lay it out for you. This has been done before. This is not an original concept. But now the difference is, the difference between right now and the first industrial revolution is that we have the internet. We can now communicate effectively, efficiently in a matter of seconds. You could influence an entire generation by simply just getting them to pay attention to what you're doing. And you're going to do it because you're going to prove to them that they can fucking not do something that sucks. They don't want to have to work and do things they don't want to do so that they can put food on the table. I know what that's like. You know what that's like, Brian. Yes, I do. That's why you're on this podcast. You worked your ass off for a huge corporation and got fucked every single day and you had to take it. Yep. It was just the way it was because you had to put food on the table. That's how it worked. And then one day you realized... I want to become a knife maker. I love knives. I want to make knives. How does that work? And you did it. So now you did it using the, the old tried and true experimentation, right? right? Right. And then also you made alliances with people. You learned from your father, who is a is a master salesman. You learned how that works. You right. will, You understood because you were around it all the time and you you went I got to talk to these people I got to jump on these lives on social media. This is what I have. This is free. I can take this. I can use this as a tool. And now you rose up in that in that period of time and now you're a full-time maker and i talking with you over a uh, blade show. You blew my fucking mind, man. Uh, you're you're uh, you you haven't really spoken about a lot about this, but you talked to me about your backlog of orders that you have. And right. it blows my mind because you are, that's the, that's the, the, definition of success. Being able to do with your time when you want, how you want, that's it. You did it. You achieved it and you did, you achieved it at much younger age. And I'm sure there's more you want to do, but just think if someone said to you, Hey, Brian, you're working at target, you're stocking shelves, you're making 10 bucks, 15 bucks an hour, whatever it is. And here's a, uh, a series of videos and walkthroughs. And spreadsheets and and business models based around making. And uh, here's how like ten other people did this, um, so maybe this could help you. And yeah, oh, and- by the way, it's free. You can you just have this for free. Yeah, that's huge. And the the fact the fact
1: that you know I there are so many people that have struggled before me just to get to where they wanted to be. I guarantee you if someone said, hey, here's a here's someone who can tell you all or here's a, you know, a class that you can go through that'll teach you exactly how, you know, how a path can be laid down and how a, a successful way to where you want to be. I mean, that is invaluable. The fact that, you know, you can not only talk to people, but also, you know, have a very detailed in-depth situation laid out in front of you easily.
0: I mean, come on. Who, who wouldn't snap that up? And real world examples of all of it so that you're able to understand, hey, this isn't just theory. This isn't anecdotal. This right. is something that has been done. So we're working on that. And I've got all – essentially what I did was after Blade Show – I got so inspired by the Foundry Project, watching all of my friends enjoy the things that they love to do that they do at their home workshops and my workshop, and then visiting Steve Calb's uh, blacksmith uh, uh, a station there at Careshen uh, yep. uh, Park, and I witnessed something that uh, it was a it was a game changer in my mind. It was like that like that switch went off in my head because i had kind of been playing around with this idea of doing some sort of educational uh, endeavor. Like I, I wanted to teach people how to do certain things, but I didn't really know what the overarching component would look like or the overarching theme of it would look like. And then I started listening to Malcolm Gladwell's I Hate the Ivy League and I realized that the only way i can truly leave something behind of meaning is to leave a legacy of makers who will ultimately make our our world a better place yeah and so that's that's it i and you know of course there's commerce involved i'm going to make some money on this it's not it, it'll come back around somehow and that's just okay like that's how it has to work it, money is a part of this so you know you're going to be watching us do things with our tools, you're going to see revolutions and Apollos and, you know, we're going to tie in with a whole bunch of other vendors and, and we're going to say, Hey, do you want your stuff listed? Let us become a distributor. You know, these are, these are how the school is going to get funded Mm -hmm. and, and that'll, that that's how it'll work. That's how the back end of this thing will work. But I feel like that's not the, you know, the true goal is to really just build a bigger, stronger maker community. And so I'm going to do it. See,
1: the old method of, you know, back in the day, there were craftsmen and, you know, they basically would be so insular and, you know, this is this is what I know. And I will not tell you unless you work under me for years and years and years. And maybe some days I'll someday just before I die, I'll teach you everything and then you will be the craftsman like that. Those days are so long gone. It's not even it's not even any way, shape or form the way it should be anymore. You know, the maker community, we've everyone says that, you know, everyone's so open and so willing to help and want to help people succeed. I feel like what you're doing is you are just taking it to that next level where it's, it's not just, you know, reach out to the person and ask them 50 times, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do that? And you know, if you can make that into a course that you can then take, and learn from. And instead of instead of having to reach out to fifty different people to get a hundred different opinions, you can just have one condensed, easy, easily digestible course. I mean, come on, that's that's going to be perfect.
0: And and think about it like this: we would have guest instructors come in because they feel passionate about a particular subject involved yeah. in this, and say bring in a Dennis Terrell and have him make something that he's good at making, Um, whether it be the pattern welded steels, whatever it might be, break it down, and show, educate people, and that'll all be part of the House Made University, and that's how he'll pay back, that's how he'll give back to these programs. So at some point, you might get uh, a tap, and, and it might be that, hey, Brian wants you to come to Florida and make a video with him about whatever it is that you're really good at, and then you're gonna educate thousands of people in the process
2: mm.
0: and what i what i want to stress is that when you do this the return will not be immediate you know it is it takes time for education to sink in and it could take 10 years for housemaid university to really to, to for us to fully understand what that what that give back portion of it looks like and I'm okay with that. I'm dedicated to that process because I know that we're going to build a stronger, a stronger society of people who believe the same things we do, and that is that staying busy, doing work with your hands, being a master craftsman or even a journeyman craftsman, whatever it might be, is an important part to making the world a better place. There really isn't anything more important than contributing to society in a way that that makes it a better place um, and I'm, I'm so passionate about it because I'm watching my teenagers I have three teenagers now they're all looking around going what am I going to do mm. because their contemporaries some of them are driven some of them are not you know you've got a mix of people everyone's different, right? They, they're motivated by different things, right? Some people are motivated by look at what I made today. You know, like, like you and me, we make something and what do we want to do? We want to show it off, right? Right. We want to show the world. We want to put it in front of the world and we want the kudos. We love it when people pay attention to the the things we make and Brian, that's great. I love your knives or, you know, Hey, your grinders are great or whatever it might be. That's why we do it ultimately, you know? And uh, some people are driven by things. You know, they want nice cars and a nice house and all this. But then there's a whole other section of people who are not motivated by much of anything. Mm. And I'm sure you know people like this. Yes, I do. Who are very content with just about everything. They could, you know, the the wind changes direction and they'll go that way too. Mm. And that's okay. We, the world needs all those things to, to, to turn, right? But what I want to do is say to that guy who's not motivated by much and say, let me inspire you, give you a path, show you that you can achieve these things. Because sometimes all it takes is that seed to be planted, for them to see what it's like to make something like you have you ever uh steve kalb uh, gave that great story about that guy who walked up to him he said he was like this six foot five massive dude looked like he'd just gotten out of gold's gym and he's staring at steve make that snake that we made when we were at his smithy and steve was like can i help you (laughs) you know like what the hell and the guy says you don't remember me because i was a lot younger but when i was 14 years old you gave this demonstration and I stood here and watched and you let me hammer on some steel. And then at the end of it, you let me take that snake home. And he's like, I am a welder and a fabricator now. Wow. He's Like I'm 25 years old now. He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a metal worker now because you took 20 minutes and showed me something. Right. It's so surprising. Like there's so
1: many, there's so many stories like that, where, you know, you don't know what your passion is and you, you're, you you know, you're a person is just floating through life trying yes. to make ends meet, having dead end job after dead end job and, you know, working for the man and hating every moment of it. And just, you know, have the ability, they have the ability inside of them to go on to do great things, but they haven't found the
0: thing that they want to do great. Right. So, it's because of, it's it's of one problem and that's exposure. Right, people are not exposed to much anymore. If you look at like social media trends, what everybody's watching on TikTok, these like you know ten second, fifteen second, sure. thirty second little clips, it's uh it's lazy education, it's right. uh, lazy entertainment, I should say, not education. It's like um, it's like uh, uh invoking an emotion by watching somebody do something clever or stupid or whatever it is. Okay. it's it's junk food it's, it's junk you know yeah. there's a you ut-
1: like a long-form educational thing like a knife maker doing whatever on YouTube where they can take 30 minutes and really dive into it that's like having a proper meal watching right. the bing bang boom like the forging the you know the whatever heat treating where the you know flame goes, that's pretty stuff but that's that's like the chips on the side that that's not, it's fun to eat. It's fun to consume, but it's not real. Like you're not gaining anything from that.
0: Right. It's, it's almost has a net deficit, right? Because it's, it's taking away from you. It's taking away from your value, most valuable commodity. And that's your time. So what we need to do is simply through exposure. Teach these people, show them, Hey, Hey, have you have you ever wanted to make something like this? Well, we're going to show you how. And we're going to show you all the things you need to do it, and we're going to show you what you can use to do it, and what you should use and all these things and then climb up that ladder together with somebody. And these videos will live on long after I'm gone, and right. there'll be people will be able to watch them and follow along because you know you've got these like key innovators in education. That were uh, very powerful in my youthful time, which was uh, Jim Henson, uh, Bob Ross, Bob Vila. These guys all did educational television that we were exposed to back in the day in the in the 80s and 90s. And they were very they inspired us to try things, whether or not I didn't become a painter because of Bob Ross. Right. Uh, I didn't uh, I didn't be I worked on a house because of Bob Vila. You sure. know, I, I watched this old house and I watched um, him and Norm and those guys work on a house and I wanted to do that. That was inspiring. Now, you said that you didn't paint because of Bob Ross, but I guarantee you
1: there's thousands and thousands of, you know, full-time artists who got their start because one, you know, Saturday morning they watched a Bob Ross and they just That's fell right. in love with, you know, oh my gosh, that that has just lit a passion inside of me and, now yes. I'm going to start painting on the walls and get yelled at for it. But yep. someday that will turn into,
0: you know, who they are now. Painting I tried painting. I, I actually studied painting in, in college and I have a few of my artistic works up in, on friends' walls and things, but it wasn't for me. But what it was doing for me was it taught me color theory. It taught me how to blend paints and it taught me how to stretch canvases, make uh, stretchers, you know, things like that. It, It was exposure, okay? And so what we're trying to do is we're going to create this this educational, free educational uh, thing for people and expose them to a whole lot, but then also take it full circle and add the business component to it. Because you can sit around and make fucking dream catchers all day long, but if you don't know how to sell
1: them... You're just going to have a room full of dream catchers.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we want to show people like... Let's let's walk you through what it looks like to make a knife all the way through to the end, you know, all the way down to putting the sheath on it and everything else. And then we're going to take that knife and we're going to figure out how much it cost us to make it. And then we're going to figure out what it takes to sell it and what how to price it. And then what's that margin look like? So we're going to take fifty dollars worth of materials and turn it into a three hundred dollar knife. Right. And then we're going to do the ROI on that. And what does that look like?
1: And then how many do you have? Well, I mean,
0: we can go down the rabbit hole. Exactly. Now, how many do you have to sell every month? And how much time did it take you? Okay, at the end of the day, you got like four hours invested in that. And so uh, your, your net return is $50 an hour. And what does that look like? And all of these all of these pieces of education. Are going to hopefully inspire a whole new generation of people to come up in the making world. It's it's something that I feel so passionate about. I'm willing to dump every bit of energy I have into it, and money and time, and I will I will just do it. It's going to happen. So I'm excited about it, Brian, and I I'm so glad you're coming along with my on this journey with me because you are one of the people that we will cite as example on how this worked, you know, that you took some advice from me and then in, and deployed it through a lot of hard work and yeah. risk to become who you are today and who you will be in the next five years. So sure. I, I really uh, love that you're on the podcast. I hope you know that. I loved having you down here in Florida with me and seeing you at Blade and working you loved, with you. You loved
1: having me down there, but you didn't love the sickness you got. From ah, it's all right.
0: Everybody got you know, when you go to something like Blade and you shake as many hands as you shake and all those people either had to get on an airplane or whatever, you know, somebody's gonna get sick down the line. It's fine. You know, so we, you're saying we, I shouldn't got... have licked all those doorknobs. The stop licking doorknobs. Oh, Step shit. Sorry, this is House Made University class number one. <laughs> Brian Cohn talking about don't lick doorknobs. Don't oh no, sick. I
1: thought it was the proper technique and how to <laughs> lick a doorknob. Oh my
0: god. Right, don't lick doorknobs. This is not good. So, anyways, my, I've talked enough. Brian, uh, What? Uh, wh- this week, you're recovering from getting back from Blade, and you also – you had you were ill. You had some yeah. il- illness and whatever. I but still But I noticed am. you're yeah. still you're getting over it, but you're back on the saddle, I assume, because you've got a backlog of orders. So,
1: this week has been hit and miss. So – you know, I was talking about last week how I made that QMI experiment and then I made one knife in a day type of experiment just to, you know, try to get back in the, in, you know, I was inspired from Blade Show. Well, the problem was is that I've had this upper respiratory and basically I'm, I'm coughing all the time, head cold, headaches, fatigue. The fatigue is the big part. It really feels like all of the all of the symptoms of COVID except I test negative for COVID. So I don't know yeah. what the hell it is. It's um, it's, you know, it's COVID. It's COVID. And so I think I think part of it is I haven't been sick ever since the pandemic. Like oh. I've been I have been completely healthy this entire way through. This is the first time that I felt sick in probably, you know, 2-3 years. So I I almost think that maybe it's just the fact that my my system is not used to this bullshit going because back in the day we would get sick every couple months and it was just kind of like a one one day thing or a couple day thing or maybe a week if it's, you know, absolutely terrible. Well, shit, if your body isn't used to that anymore, you you lose whatever that is in you. I think maybe it's just taking a little bit extra out of me because, you know, my my immune system is not used to this shit. So basically long winded way of saying I've had a couple days where I've been completely like bedridden. You know, I've, you know, I worked really hard for two days and then the next couple days I've been completely down and out. And then a couple days I would do chores around the house until I got exhausted. And, you know, just kind of like, I've been, I've been feeling really awful last this last week, luckily today. And yesterday, yesterday I got a couple hours in the shop today. I got more, um, so I've, I've started on a couple of flay knives and this um, knife that we started in your shop, you know, I've, I've been kind of working on those things, but I haven't been able
0: finished to... his. the, one I know that... I've, I've been yeah. seeing that
1: he was, he was kind of sending me updates. I love to see that, but yeah, I, you I know, too. I went in a very different direction with it where my it's, it's thinned out. Like the, the distal taper on it is extreme. Like it's, it's wafer thin at the tip. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And then I also, today I was just like, screw it. You know, I've got this thing heat treated, put my stamp in the side. This is, this is an experiment. Let's do something more experimental on it. So I decided to do a um, S grind on it. Oh. So I took my, I took my 12 inch wheel and I just kind of freehand put in the S grind on it, which is kind of difficult. And I, I, I've tried it once or twice, but I've never actually finished a knife because you know, you do it and you like you bump something It looks bad and you ride that bump the wrong way. And all of a sudden, screw it. Let's throw this away. This yeah, is no good. Yeah, it
0: can but, go south quick.
1: Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, I just kind of figured, you know, this is kind of a low impact, not a whole lot of, you know, it's not like I'm running a marathon here grinding on this thing. So I can stand here for a couple hours and really finesse it in. So that's what I did. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of experimenting with it. I, I did the gator piss for a couple hours and then I would, I would polish the inside of the S grind to do like the black, like the thing looks black, except for the S grind is shiny in the center. I thought that looked oh, kind of fun. cool. So I'm, i tumbled it, you know, I, I kind of just, I'm just totally going off the rails with it. So that's kind of been my, my week I've been doing a lot of chores. I've been working on, you know, not a whole lot because I've been kind of I've been in the
0: bed and on the couch for too damn much. Well, I'm glad you're using some of this time to experiment. I think that's important, you know, because you can kind of get into a groove where you're doing the same old thing. You yeah. Know? And yeah. The, it, the, that experimentation time leads to so many good things in, in your journey of becoming a craftsman and, yeah. and a, a better maker. So yeah, that you need that free time, that play time. And it's good that you're giving yourself that time. And maybe it was self or sort of uh, sickness induced because you yeah. had no choice. But yeah, that's, that's, that's good. And you're doing, it sounds like you're being productive. Anyway. Well, I'm trying to be as productive as my body will let me right now.
1: But what's kind of funny is I'm listening to myself. I, I sound like I've been smoking a pack a day for like five <laughs> or 50 years or some shit. And it's just well, because I've been coughing I got for voice. like three freaking weeks or two weeks or whatever it's been.
0: Yeah. That's it's how crazy. I got this beautiful voice. Lots of uh you know tobacco abuse in my oh. early teens and twenties, and then um actually i've I always had the, this voice but uh it was, and it, you know it's like one of those things where uh I always wonder did I get this scratchy voice, deep scratchy voice because of the smoking or whatever and i I'd listen to my dad who never smoked, and he sounds just like me, so I yeah know. who knows? there you go
1: that's what yeah. it is. So, so um, well that
0: sounds like a good week for you. I mean, <sighs> a, a, opposed to being sick. I mean, that's, that sucks, but you know, What's at least funny, you're making,
1: you know, dude. everyone says, you know, I wish I could have a week off where I could just lay down and do nothing. It fucking sucks. Yes, I that. hated yes. it. Yeah. And it's just like, I feel so, so unproductive and then I'd get up and I'd try to do something and you know, I'd I'd get up and try to do the dishes and have to stop halfway through because I'm like, fallen
0: yeah. yeah oh i have the fatigue too it's and i didn't get like the traditional like respiratory stuff that you got i just got the fatigue and so did dexter like he's just dragging ass we're all dragging ass and it's fine but i know, feel it's
1: so like, bad that i i gave ah, that to all it's you not, dude
0: you can't you, you, like i said you can't you can't take ownership of it because it's, it, it wasn't your fault so yeah but uh but hey you know so i um one of the projects that I've been working on, I don't know if you've been following along with the Delta drill press that I got uh on Facebook Marketplace.
1: Yeah, what the I, hell's it, up with that? Yeah, you oh put man. a
0: you put a VFD on it and you were you're
1: playing with getting the getting it to um you put some sort of a dial on that and it was like yeah. wobbling. I, I didn't do a full deep dive on it. I had plenty of time because I was on the couch the whole fucking week, but yeah. Well I'd I I saw it. Pieces, I watched the yeah. one post on it.
0: I only put out a couple pieces of content on it. Um, it Okay, so it's a 17-inch Delta drill press with a three-phase motor on it, which is, like, rare, right? Okay. Um, uh, they only made these for, I think, 10 years or something, this particular style model. And they, most of them were single-phase. They didn't have a three-phase motor on them. And I have been in the market to buy a drill press, and I was just going to buy like a small one, like a twelve inch, and I need it to do two things. I need to drill and ream quarter inch holes. Well, re- i will say ream quarter inch holes, and then chamfer them. Okay, that's it. That's all I need it for. And. Uh, I, and then I'm like looking and I'm watching, you know, of course, you know, like how you do when you're going to buy a new tool. You go on YouTube and you start looking at, you know, right. whose version of whatever and Project Farm. I don't know if you've ever watched any of their videos, but they do like comparison videos on, you know, what's the best wrench? What's the best, best drill press? You know, all this stuff. So I watched their best drill press one and the when. You know the Wen product that's sold on Amazon. W E N. Yeah. The orange and black uh, tooling came out as like the best in that size range. So it was like, wait, hold on, just for a
1: second. What size? What size are you talking about? Twelve inch,
0: like just a small twelve inch, like one that would sit on a bench.
1: I bought one of those when I was working at the apartment. I think I bought it from like a Menards or maybe a Home Depot or something along those lines. And the damn thing, like the um, the the belt system, just that connects right to the shaft. That that pulley, yep. fuck it, it broke off within like oh. six months. Oh shit! And well, you know that's according- before
0: that's before I had the enough
1: tools to actually fix it, so I tossed the thing out. Oh
0: man! Well, th- this this particular model was the one they tested, and it came back as really good. And okay, so, well, uh, I put it in my cart. And I was going to buy it on Amazon. And then I went, you know, maybe somebody's got one on Facebook Marketplace. So I type Uh-oh. in it in and I look up. And, of course, you know. The They'll skills, get in trouble right? doing that. Yeah. You get in real fucking trouble. So I messaged the guy. He's got it listed on Facebook Marketplace. He had it listed for 800 bucks, And it was six seventy five. And, of course, no one's buying it because it's three-phase. Right? right. I mean, who has three-phase power? So I um, – I message him, ask him about, hey, I, and I tell him exactly what I said about the chamfering and the reaming of holes, and I needed to have no run out and all this stuff. And he sa- he shen- sends me a video of it running, and it looks true. And I said, look, it's, I'm not saying that you're deceiving me because you're not. I'm just saying that you can't see it when it's running at that RPM. Right. It, what I'm talking about here is run out, and run out happens in low RPM situations. Uh, Because at high RPM it looks straight as an arrow, but then you turn it down and it's 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 wobbly. So he says, "Look, I work for a college, and this is one of the drill presses that was in the some laboratory there Mm. at the school." And he's like, "So it's worked hard and put away wet." Well, it's either that or it was never used at all. You know, because it halfway looks like it's never been used. Like when I look at this thing, that's in very good shape. And he says, uh, he goes, I know who you are. I follow your work. He goes, "Um, how about I just bring it by your shop and uh, I'll drop it off. And you tell me if you want to buy it, you can buy it. He goes, I'll leave it with you. You can wire it up. You can do your thing, test it, and then we'll figure it out. And I'm like, well, so, I can't turn that down.
1: I was going to say, Brian, how does it feel to have celebrity status over here?
0: <laughs> I don't know if I'm a celebrity. Oh, I don't Mr. Drasta, let me,
1: let me drop that off? Or yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. I don't know if it was that per se. He just knew of my work. I, it wasn't like he was starstruck or anything. Okay. It wasn't like that. It It was just like he knew who I was, and I think it's because of what I do. And he's a facilities guy. So he's also working with a lot of tooling and stuff. I it, swear it kind of guys. blows my damn mind when I find people locally who know. I get noticed, you know, and like tool. And usually at like a Home Depot or something, people go, "Oh man, I love your videos and stuff." Uh, but, I you know, swear,
1: guys, good. I'm not getting special
0: treatment. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I work for it, so I'm I'm gonna just go ahead and, and own yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. so this this guy. He brings it to me, and it's the worst fucking day. It's Father's Day, number oh, one. And he loads it into his truck with the help of a couple of guys over at the school. And, he, and of course, it's like a fucking tropical storm here. It's raining so hard. And this guy wraps it in, a, like, three tarps, you know, to keep it dry. And, I mean, drags it over here. And um, we offload it using the forklift because it's fucking heavy. It's like right. 400 pounds and um and so he leaves it we chat he's like cut from the same jib man the guy's uh, like a gearhead he loves tools he was just in awe of the shop loved being here he was just like oh this is so cool and then he heads out and um and so the next day i took the drill and i got it wired up temporarily to a uh, vfd to get it to to spin it and i noticed the runout like right away like at the oh, at geez. the at the chuck, it was 20,000s out. Oh, so geez. it's just, it's a fucking mess. And it won't no. do it. I, so I sent him a video of it and I go, look, it's got to run out. Would you mind if I took this thing apart and replaced the bearings and did all this stuff? He goes, do what you got to do. You know, He's totally on board. So I go on Amazon and I buy the bearings and stuff. And as I'm doing the research, I find a guy in North Carolina that actually fixes these things and makes custom makes a shorter spindle for them okay. and guarantees like less than a thousands of run out. So I messaged a guy and he says, yeah, uh, t- send him the photos and stuff. He goes, yep, I can make it for you. It'd be like 10 days and, uh, $225 and I'll send you the whole thing. I went, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I buy that. And, um, and then in the meantime, I had ordered some other bearings from Amazon cause this is a common bearing. And uh, throw it in there and it reduces the spindle run out to like less than a thousandth or like around a thousandth. But still, the Chuck is fucked like the Chuck. Somebody was really ranking on this thing, you know. That's what I chuck. said. Worked hard, put away wet. That's what I think so, too. So um, anyway, so it's going to be a couple hundred dollars. And um, I think, you know, between. I don't know what I'm going to get the drill press for, but probably get it for around 500 bucks or maybe 550 or something. And then because um, the guy kept telling me, like, look, you have to put all this time into it. He goes, don't worry about paying me all the money. He's like, I- I- I'm just glad that it's not getting thrown away kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I want to pay you for it. It's got value. It's just I, you know, I don't know if it's worth eight hundred bucks, you know. So um, and and uh, anyway, long story short is I learned a lot about drill presses like yeah. during this process. Taking apart a part of drill press, by the way, if you have run out in your drill press, you'd be really surprised at how simple it is to take the quill out and inside of the quill where the spindle lives is the bearings. And those are fairly easy. Everything was, I didn't use a bearing puller or any expensive tools to do this. I just used a dead blow uh, mallet and some wood and tap things out and got everything out. And I mean, I'm confident that I'm going to be able to get this thing down to a thousandths run out or less when I'm all said and done. So Um, And the reason is, is because we're, we have one operation on the knife work that we're doing here that we cannot see and see the chamfers on these holes. And I'm sure someone's going to tell me that there's a way to do it and all this stuff. But we use the holes as a means to hold down the blades to the pallets while they're being machined. So they cannot be machined. So, yes, I know that I could, of course, do a third or fourth operation, Pull the bolts out one by one and have the machine right. do it. But yeah, fuck that. that. I don't want to do that. I want to put them like, on my machine. How easy it, is it to
1: put on a little chamfer bit and just zip zip it? Like it takes Until no time. you see this,
0: Brian, I found the coolest fucking thing. So McMaster sells what's called a piloted assisted chamfer bit. Okay. okay and what it is is so if you can imagine like a standard single flute chamfer which is kind of like the one it looks like a funnel but it has like a hole in the side okay and yeah, uh, you've yeah, seen yeah. those i'm sure and and it's like that but at the very bottom is the size of hole that uh, like an like a round you know piece to the chamfer that's the exact size of the hole that you're in so it's guided meaning it can't wobble if that makes sense, okay. Yeah. So as that as that pilot goes down into the hole, and you set a stop on your drill press, you get the same chamfer every time. Okay. There you go, which is what I wanted, okay. And McMaster sells this now. I should uh, uh, receive this today, and so I'm going to test it out and see. And then now also I we're just, using a carbide uh, reamer to get the hole the right size. Now
1: I understand why the runout on your drill press is so you know, such so, a big thing because important. if there's, if there's wobble there, the whole piece is going to shift around wonky. And
0: uh, you got it. You can't have any that. wobble when you use this. Right. So because if it wobbles, then you, the whole thing moves, right. Yeah. It, even if even a thousandths of an inch is going to be like a push, like it'll mess with it a little bit, but right. I'm, I'm confident that we can do it, you know, get a very, very clean, good uh, chamfer on this hole. And meanwhile, I'm in this process, right? I'm looking, doing a deep dive into what it looks like because I'm spoiled. I have a mill, right? I Even before I bought the CNC, I had the ENCO, right? The little, the, you saw it. It's the little um, single spindle. Uh, looks like a drill press, but it's a right. mill. And I'm spoiled with that thing. You know, it's, it, it is a fantastic tool and I still use it every day. And so I'm now using a drill press. And of course I'm going to come up with some tooling that'll, that will assist knife makers in particular on how to do this process, but it'll be like converting a mill to, or converting a drill press to somewhat of a milling operation, not milling, Mm but um, it's like an assisted work holding situation that I'm designing. That's and right. I've been wanting to do this for years because I developed one uh, three years ago and I posted it to YouTube and I get messages every week of people going, hey, when are you going to release this as a product? And I go, well, you would have to have a milling a cross slide table to make sure. this work. It's it's not like you just put this on a dr- drill press. It's not going to do you any good if you just have this thing. It's you know, but we've come up with a solution. So. I've got it in formulation and drawings. I've got it in CAD. So we're going to that's the next thing I'm going to be putting out is just some work holding for drill presses because it's it's an inexpensive thing to make. But it makes a huge difference to guys who are doing this work. It will it will change the game. So um, so that'll be another thing that I put out and I'll probably just make a plan set for it initially like I do with everything and then uh, release the product later. But but yeah, so I'm working on that. And of course, the process of me looking on Facebook Marketplace led to me solving a problem, you know, and then I'm going to solve that same problem for tens of thousands of people. So that'll be the next thing.
1: That's what your superpower is. You find problems and you fix it. And you, you come up with, with something that you can sell that fixes it for everybody. I love that about you, man. Well, thanks. I
0: appreciate that, Brian. Thank you. I, All I, right. I, I love that work, though. That's a good – it's good work. It's meaningful work. It is. Absolutely it is. So we're coming up. It's it's
1: nine minutes until the top of the hour. Do, you, do we want to jump into WFI Projects?
0: Yeah. I, I pulled up a couple uh, before the show started that I wanted to talk about, um, Give germs Metalworks, Germs Metalworks, my old man, Germ. Uh, he made a custom hatchet from 1084, 15 and 20 and some old hammer steel. So this is a little bit outside of what Germs normally does. Sure. And um, he's in West Virginia. And if you're not following Germs Metalworks, he has 1883 followers. And I don't honestly know why he should have way more. Um. Also, before we get too deep into WFI projects, Brian, getting messages from people about why their projects are not showing up in WFI projects, and we have determined that it's because when we look at WFI projects, we do not see reels. So if you're you're tagging reels in WFI projects, it will not not get discussed. You have to use a static photo of your work. And on top of that, there
1: is a little bit of algorithm bullshit that has always kind of plagued us.
0: There is. You're right. There is, definitely.
1: All right, I've got our short fat friend, the nine toed wonder, Brigham Kendall. Now, I don't know if you've been following him this past week, but after Blade Show, he's been going to a couple different. Like he went to a hammer in. He's you know, really been learning quite a bit. And Brigham Kendall, one of the things that he worked on is he made this this um, this stainless steel pillow, and like oh, it, I, it's I such a bizarre that. look at like I I've never seen this done before, but. You know, it's it's one of those really cool things that it looks like it was successful. He's also put out a post where he spent a little bit more time sketching a knife and really getting not necessarily photorealistic, but more than just like a profile sketch like you normally do before you start a blade. So he's he's working on a couple things that are a little more detail oriented. And I really appreciate his eye for detail when he's working on these type of things.
0: Now, I got a chance to spend some time with Brigham. And so I've been internet quote unquote friends with Brigham for a couple of years. And he's right. been a strong supporter of Housemade and what we, we are doing, but to stay in a house with him and his son Brighton. Oh my gosh. was, was great. I, you know um, I learned so much about Brigham and he's exactly as you think he would be. Yes. He's a kind, gentle, amazingly funny man. Like it's, it's uh, and again, this is uh, affirmation for me that we are doing the right thing and attracting the right kind of people. It's like guys like him, and okay, so we're in a house with Brigham Candell, Nate Walpole of Walpole St- Walrus Steel, and and pickle cutters. So you got like all these guys in the same house together, and you, Brian, and we're right. all like.
1: Alexander slow from
0: yeah, Alexander. So we're all from different parts of what we're doing, but we're all hanging out together and it's like, didn't you get the sense that we're all just kind of like brothers a little bit or like family a little bit? Like it didn't feel weird at all. Yeah. Like it just, we are all hanging out. I mean, it was great.
1: You know, there are some times when you meet somebody that you've met on, on Instagram or online and it's just a little bit weird seeing them in person it's just what it just felt so natural being. It in that wasn't house. weird. Yeah, it, it was just very serious. at all. And Zero. speaking of weird, Ben, how you doing?
0: What's up, boys? <laughs> <laughs> ben comes to the party fifty five ah, minutes me. late today. Oh, last dude, and I gave you all these kudos last week know, because I you were I early. Blew my load
2: all last week. Wow. Have you ever had a, a day or fuck it, a month? where literally every goddamn plan you make goes wrong.
0: Yes, of course. That's yeah.
2: been my shit, that's been my 3 months it feels like, but man.
0: Hey, it's all right.
2: Yeah, good to be here. Yeah. I I have yet to well, meet Well, we're just going Brigham, over but I but I, uh, I can imagine what you guys are talking about. I I know a dude here in Boise um who I think is probably very similar to Brigham He's also uh, LDS or Mormon uh, 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 religion. And uh, he was our drywall guy and turned out to be a good fast friend, a bit of what they call Jack Mormon. He'd hang out after work and drink a couple beers with me before he went home uh, to his wife. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just that there are just so many good people out there that, it's easy to kind of uh, take that for granted at times. And I, I, I think we, uh, yeah, we do a pretty good job of appreciating people, but it's always good to hear those uh, personal stories of meeting in person.
0: All right, that and and the attracting, attracting the right kind of people, because, you know, you wonder sometimes, Oh man, (laughs) are people the same? in person versus their online right. personalities, you know. Oh. So and that proved to be the case. And so you know, many people like everybody aren't, I've met. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of fakers yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. But you could sniff them out now. I think so. I think we're getting good at that. So. Yeah, we're getting good at All right, Ben. So we are like
1: just a couple of minutes before the after show. Yeah. Give us a quick rundown of your week and then pick up one WFI project and then we'll hit the after Fuck show.
2: man, my week is balls deep putting poop in a group. And trying to get the fuck out of Dodge. Um, What
1: in the hell? This is the most Ben answer I've ever heard. Uh,
2: Yeah, so it's everything from uh, uh, LTL, shipping, coordination, and orchestration to get half of my workshop shipped back to Pennsylvania. Trying to figure out what I got to pack to go to fucking Ireland. and um, Trying to finish up a painting job I'm doing at school. You know, 16 irons in the fire and uh, only two hands to hold them. But there it is Yeah. been busy, 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 busy. Just kind of a crazy, crazy week. It's snuck like completely snuck up on me. I think that's the worst of it is like all of a sudden it's two days before I'm leaving for a fucking month, you know? Yeah. But yeah that's me in a nutshell but let me pull up my uh telephone died when i was dropping sam off at soccer camp so i was without communicato but
0: i'm looking at uh hd underscore forge underscore and underscore nice fucking
2: underscores
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh if you you're not following that that uh handle, please do. Um I'm I'm laughing because it is Cody. I like Cody a lot. He's on Facebook with me too. But he's he made like this really cool raindrop Damascus. Let's see, collab knife steel that he did with the one and only Brian Cohn. The one. So and it's Alabama Damascus, but he used Brian Cone's Alabama carbon fiber. Alabama
2: Slammer. Yeah. Jesus, this looks like the cow Anjanette page here when i open this wfi projects hashtag
0: she's crushing it yeah she's back she's back at it doing what i like to talk about as the hammock dance she's doing what everyone should be doing during the slow period of the summer you know how i talk about the hammock so you got january one on one end you got december 31st on the other and in between which is right now? We are at the low end of the hammock. You're in the mid. It sounds kind of kinda year, like a right fire pit piece of, of shit
2: year. kind of thing with a hammock. And it,
0: well, it's the, the hammock thing is <laughs> is you can pick one of two things. You can lay in the hammock oh. and be a fucking fire. Or pit you can piece make of shit.
2: some fucking love in a hammock. That'd be kind of you tricky, can do that though, I too, think,
0: right? Or you can market hard during this time and gain those sales yeah. during this low period. And then it's going to ramp up come October, November when we hit the holidays again. I like it. Just remember, you're in the low end of the hammock. What are you doing now to prepare for what's coming inevitably? And that is the holidays. So... Get your shit together. Get your poop in a group, as Ben says. Get your as, Actually, the first time I heard "poop in a group" is Trent. Oh, no, really? Trent used that term. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's a. It's kind of a military. Is term, it okay? Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Poop in it's a group. That's a, it's a so,
2: PC way of saying get your shit together. Get your right. shit together. Um, that's right. Well, cool. Yeah, clearly not your grandfather's banana hammock, but a hammock nonetheless. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so I haven't looked at the W5 Projects hashtag on a uh, computer F- shit in a long time. And is it true yeah. that all I can see are the top posts for that hashtag?
0: Uh, No, no, no. You can see everybody now. They, on the computer anyway. Uh, uh, I don't know where but, to go uh, to see that
2: because I don't even know how many.
0: <laughs> Alright,
1: well, maybe let's let's put this <laughs> thing to bed. Brian, do you have a dad joke you can get out of here Hey, I
2: got one. Uh, where, where do you where do you keep your dad jokes?
1: Where
2: do you keep them? In a database.
0: In a database. database. Uh, oh, I got it. I think we might have actually used that, that one
2: on this show at one
0: point. I got I've got one for you, man. Oh, yeah. How do Go you for. make a Kleenex dance? Oh, you put a little boogie in it. That's it. Classic dad joke. You know, guys, I used to hate facial hair, but now it's growing all right that's, that's enough of that all right that's Ugh. it that's it all right so um we normally would have a question uh in the patreon uh back end of things mm-hmm. but we don't whoa, geez. so yes. there's we ask them to th- pay again, us and is...
2: give us questions and they're failing <laughs>
0: yeah so i i uh what we're gonna discuss in the after show is i don't know what do you guys want to discuss during the after show what would bring value to the community the patron community
2: um what about uh what about what about if we talk a little bit about um cost estimates
0: it sounds boring, yeah, but you're or right. Paint, or paint drying. Needs to be. Maybe
1: if there's if there's ever an ad to get on our Patreon, this is it. Right? <laughs> <here>. <laughs>
0: right? If there's ever an ad to not feed us with questions a, uh, at the end yeah. of this thing, what I got that's it? what if the we key? discuss
2: all the cool free shit we're gonna send to our
0: patrons. <laughs> But we never do this. See, this is the problem. We we have this. (laughs) We always have all these grandiose ideas and then they never come Uh, to anything. I was hoping maybe more
2: people would sign up if they thought they were getting a bunch of free shit.
0: That's the problem. (laughs) You got to under promise and over deliver, not over promise and under deliver. It's the opposite.
1: So anyways, we'll figure
0: out something to talk about in the after show. But we do have new patrons. Are you guys ready for this? We have a few new patrons. All right. Um, I, I this will bring me to a, um, this will bring me to Tears. a good topic actually, uh, for the after show. So we have <clears throat> Ryan of gnome hammer forge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if you guys know Ryan, on, but uh, he is doing some pretty was he cool just
2: stuff. On Hustle and grind or somewhere he was on or.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um, and then we got Dave Pratt from bonds Creek. Knives, I'm, and I'm going to talk about Dave's work in the after show, nice. um, and I'm going to tell you why I bought one knife at Blade Show, and it was from Dave, Ooh. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to break it down in the after break show. We have Shane Hicks. Shane Hicks joined us, and Dan Rohi. Rohi. Rohe. R-O-H-E. So four new patrons, and our active patron list is now up to 138. Who's going to be... 139 and 140 I don't know, but I hope you would consider doing that. All you have to do is go to patreon.com forward slash work for it, and for as little as $10.80 a year, you can get all of the value. In the after show today, what I'm going to talk about is why I bought a single knife from a single maker at Blade Show when I had access to all of these other makers, and why did I buy from Dave Pratt and not from anyone else? And I'm like going to me. tell you why. Mm-hmm. you weren't selling at the blade show. Oh, right, right? So didn't you, didn't,
2: you didn't brown bag it. Huh? You didn't find, the, I didn't find the corner he was working.
0: And I'm going to give you details about uh, Dave's operation and how he makes them. And uh, also why I think his work is super important. So let's talk about it. Yeah, love show. it. All right. Gentlemen, you're the best. We appreciate you. On to the aftership. Y'all be safe.